Well, welcome back. This is Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Sweno. I'm Dave Tenney. And today we are looking at uh, the parable of the unjust steward uh, in Luke chapter 16. And the first 18 verses is where we find that account. Um, so, as I turn to Luke 16, Dave, did you want me to read? Or? You know what, I'll read 1 through 9 and then you read uh, 9 through the end. Sounds good. <clears throat> He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that the man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship so you can no longer be steward. And the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking a stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I've resolved to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said, Take your bill and write down eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. The sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one little, one tittle of the law to fail. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. All right. I wonder right. if we can get through all of that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there. There is. Okay, so I think the first section is kind of what I read, which is 1 through 8, which basically talks about the unjust steward. And then the second section we'll try to get through is this, this idea of all this mammon. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that is? Right. I guess we'll, we'll have to get to it when we get to it. like a man with you. <laughs> it does sound kind of delicious. <laughs> okay, so he he talks about this uh, guy who is a steward, and uh, from what it seems to me, that was like a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, so this whoever this fellow was that he worked for must have had a great big estate. Yeah, and uh, this guy kind of managed those things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you see that. In fact, I knew a guy uh, one time who 
was obviously fairly well off and he had a lot of collector cars. And he had so many that he had to hire people to drive them for him and to start them up and make sure that they were okay and kind of like a, yeah. uh, a caretaker crew. That sounds like a good job for me. Yeah, that, that, that would be fun. <laughs> I remember a fellow I used to work with who told me a story. He grew up on a farm, but his they didn't own the farm. It was a big dairy farm. And some guy up in Cleveland who owned a factory owned their farm. And they just took care of it. They, they, they lived in the house. They did all the farmer stuff. And they were allowed to live there for free. And I think they got a little bit of money mm-hmm. to go along with it. So, hmm. But this fellow probably owned more than just one farm. He owned a, a lot of properties. Yeah. And it seems like these other people that, that you know, were coming and this, this guy was dealing with were like tenants on that farm. Right. It would seem. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is human nature. Speaking of verse, I guess the first verse there, you know, uh, that... Steward had an accusation uh, brought against him that he was wasting his goods. And, um, you know, human nature seems to be that when you get settled in, and especially if you've been given some kind of power over something, and, you know, it's, uh, uh, I can tell you from, you know, being in business for years that a lot of times the, you know, it'll it'll just be that you say, well, you know, I, I don't care about that quite as much because it's not mine. You know, you'll, you'll have that kind of, and I think each and every one of us as Christians should fight against that, because yeah. there's the, the point that we're getting to here in the scriptures, that that if we are to be expected uh, to be found uh, to be good stewards of what the Lord has given us, you know, and think of all the gifts that he's given us, I mean, you know, physically he's given... He's given each of us, you know, some kind of gift to be able to do things. You're, yep. you're really good at woodworking and and so on. And so when we have those gifts, and we have especially the gift of the scriptures, the gospel, and we just kind of squander that away and don't do anything with it. Yeah. I think that's an application that we're getting out of this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if we, yeah, like we work for a place, you know, we, we shouldn't steal from them. Right. You know, there's that kind of aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say this accusation was brought against this man, but you know that that in itself doesn't mean anything because you know lots of times people say things that are false about somebody else. Mm-hmm. That right. wasn't the case here. Yeah, but I think that's kind of what you know. If if this guy had not wasn't you know doing a bad job, if he was doing a good job, and somebody brought a false accusation against him, well, then he wouldn't have anything to worry about. Right. Right. Or he wouldn't have as much to worry about. What do you think about verse 3? When the steward speaks and said within himself, What shall I do for my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. Well, um, <laughs> so he he knows he did wrong. I mean, I think that's the first thing I think. He says, What shall I do? Because, you know, he's he knows that he's going to lose it. Because mm-hmm. he's done the wrong thing. And then he says he cannot dig, and he says, I'm ashamed to beg. And I just think, you know, um, maybe that says something to his physical condition. Could be. Or maybe it's just, um, you know, when you've had a position up here, you're not going to take a position down here. Right. And, and you know, I I can think of, you know, in, in my life, I've not... I've not in a long time 
worked at a physical job. Yeah. You know, my job for 20 years was to sit in a car or stand in a classroom and teach people how to drive. Yeah. You know, and now, uh, you know, I, I stand and teach people about the gospel. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, uh, so I have not had those uh, uh, times of, of hard labor, yeah. you know, in my life. And it would be difficult. I'd have yeah. to whip myself into shape, that kind of thing. So that maybe that's what he's speaking about, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, one of the things that, you know, we, we see I'm ashamed to beg, and that, that kind of gives you an insight to his, his mindset. And instead of being ashamed to beg and turning that into a bad thing, I think he kind of does a good thing here in that he, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he really puts his nose to the grindstone and go, goes and does something to redeem himself, and then works a little harder. Yeah. Now, so he says, I've resolved what to do. So he, he goes, I've got an idea. Mm-hmm. He says, when I am put out of the stewardship, he goes, i got an idea. So when I'm put out of this, that those people that deal with me are, are going are gonna to help me out. Mm-hmm. So here's what his idea is. So he calls all the people that owe his master money, and he gives them a discount. And the one commentator I read, which I thought this was an interesting view, he thought that, uh, and this was a commentary from like the 1890s, but Jessica thought that probably what was going on this year is he had told uh, a tenant that they owed 100 but on the books he was only charging them 80 Okay. So then he just said, here, you actually pay my master. So the master wouldn't know any difference. Uh-huh. So he goes here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of my cut, and I'm just gonna settle things up, and you know, and that way he looked good in, in the eyes of those people. It didn't cost him a thing, and nobody else knew anything the wiser. And he brought in money and, and made it look good yeah. for the for the master. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, I thought that was a kind of an interesting. Yeah. Thing Hard to say. Right. So, but that's what he does. He he gives everybody a discount. And uh, verse 8 says, The master commended the unjust steward because he dealt shrewdly. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not such a good thing. You know, you, you know that, that he, he was kind of, you know, in, in a way, as you were explaining there, and I hadn't really caught that, but he was kind of still pulling the fleece over the master's eyes. Yeah. And, and trying to cover up whatever he was doing. So so I take back what I said a little bit ago, uh, putting your nose to the grindstone. He did do that. Yeah, he, he did do that. He stepped out there and did it, but, but that's not a, uh, that's not a uh, uh, good thing. Then this statement is made. It says, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And that's yeah. Jesus' commentary on this story. Right. And I read this, and, and I wrote this down in my Bible because I thought this was uh, such a good thought. This was out of that same commentary. It says, What the wise of the world do to secure worldly, worldly future is what the children of light ought to do respecting the eternal future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, this guy was dealt shrewdly he did. He did the smartest thing he could, and he used all the all the resources he had to try to put himself in a good place. Yeah, and we ought to do the same thing. Yeah, and so and so instead of walking through every day, 
thinking about how we can make a buck and how we can increase the number on our bank statement. Yeah. Uh, let's think about how we can plant a seed for the gospel yeah. and, 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 and deal shrewdly in that way. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things out of that statement, I think, kind of strikes me, you know, being that the, the uh, where are we? At the uh, Verse 8, I believe. Yeah. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So as we um, think about that, you know, it, it is very common in the world for people to deal very shrewdly and try to kind of eke as much profit out of every situation, yeah. I, I think, out of car dealership, you know. And uh, there, there's all kinds of things, people doing things to uh, cover up problems with the mm -hmm. cars and sell them. And uh, dealing shrewdly like that is not something that is expected of the sons of light or, right. or Christians. Right. You know, right. we, we should do better than that. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that, that we don't make the extra buck when we, when we uh, maybe sell something. Yeah. Uh, because we don't want to step over that line of being yeah. dishonest. You know, there's a, I, like I've sold, I've bought and sold lots of things over mm -hmm. the years. And something I always do is I try to buy things cheap. And right. then when I sell them, I try to sell them cheap. I try to leave, leave it so the next person can make some money, too. And the reason I do that, too, is because it makes things sell faster. Yeah. And then I don't have to fool with them. Right. But, you know, I, I try to leave a little. Right. Leave a little meat on the bone. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that way, too, if something goes wrong, it's like, well, you know, I, did, I, I didn't charge you what it was worth. So, right. You know. Right. I had a neighbor one time buy a tractor off of me, and he goes, uh, are you sure you want to sell this to me? <laughs> and I had the tractor. It was a little garden tractor. I think it was listed for 250 bucks. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you give me 100 bucks and you drive that thing home. Mm -hmm. I said, and if it breaks, <laughs> I gave it to you for 100 bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think he was happy with that, and, I, and I'm still on right. good terms with him. Right. I don't know if the tractor still runs or not. Though. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it says something, you know, we are, uh, you and I uh, have been raised in a, in a society that really puts a lot of emphasis on uh, material wealth and the yep. stuff of this world, and, and, um, and it's, it's rampant, and, and even when you go, uh, you know, thinking of like selling cars and tractors yes. or anything like that. There's always that, um, you know, if there is something wrong with it, I know people that would just not talk about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the honorable thing to do would be to be honest. Yep. List everything that's wrong. Mm -hmm. and, yep. Absolutely. So, verse 9, he says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, and when you fail... They, they may receive you into an everlasting home. That's a tough verse. Mm -hmm. So first thing I guess we need to define is what 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 is mammon? You, I, I can tell I, you what. Yeah, go ahead. Go so ahead. like, there's a lot of definitions for it, but I, the, I think the most encompassing definition I found was just earthly possessions. Yeah, that's that's where that that's what I believe I remember. It just it kind of covers. It's not you know because it can it can include uh, you know uh, liquid money, uh, possessions, 
yeah. um, or you know, property or all of these different types of things we can own. Right. You know, so it's just earthly possessions. Yeah, it's a biblical term for riches, often used to describe the debasing influence of material wealth. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Google. Yep, I couldn't trust my own brain because that's. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, in the context, that makes sense, and that's that's what it yeah. uh, seems to be. So he says, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. And I think that's what he's saying is, is uh, make friends by being generous with your earthly possessions. Yeah. I think that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah, now, not to uh, put your trust in it, but yeah. use it for good. Yeah, you know, and that that does line up with what uh, we are told to be like, you know, harmless as doves. Uh, that we uh, that we should uh, be concerned with others' needs over our own. Um, when we talk about unrighteous man mammon versus what would be righteous, and um, I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And really, the kind of mammon that we think about that would be righteous mammon would be the spiritual blessings found in Christ mm -hmm. versus the earthly things we find on this world. Right. I think that would be the, the difference. If you're wondering what righteous mammon would be, it would be spiritual blessings. Unrighteous mammon would be just possessions. So he says, make friends for yourself by unrighteous man, the stuff that's out of this world. Be generous. Give those things. He says, and then when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. And of course, he's talking about heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, and he says, when they fail, all of these things in this earth are going to pass away. Yeah. You know, and you know, if we've done right by God, we end up in heaven, right? Right. You know, we've done, if we've followed his commandments. Right, yeah. And he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. So, you know, kind of, you know, the way we take care of the things that we've been given, including the physical blessings, uh, the things that we, that we have and how we deal with them, take care of them, how we use them, you know, that, that says something about our character. Yeah. So he who is faithful in what is least, which would be the things on this earth, mm -hmm. is faithful also in much, things the spiritual blessings. And he who is unjust in what is least mm -hmm. would be how we deal with things in our life. Yeah. Uh, is also unjust in must and much. So yeah. you know, it's basically God saying, you know, if I can't trust you on earth, how am I gonna trust you in heaven? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it really does lead to it makes sense. It really does show how how people are if they if they uh, uh, are just flippant about everything and nothing matters and yeah you know it, it's uh, you know I can think of young people that I've met uh, especially in my time teaching driving school uh, I'd meet people who were just like oh well it's okay if. If my car dies or I wreck it, I'll just get another one. Or yeah, you know, you, you just that kind of flippant attitude, and and that kind of shows a window into the character of that person, and to, you know how how they are thinking about all the things that they have, and, yeah. and you know, knowing as as Christians and students of the of the scriptures, knowing that everything 
as a gift from the Lord. Yes. I mean, nobody on this earth would have the breath of even even the breath of life if God yeah. hadn't given it to mankind. Yeah. And so everything that you look around and see, you know, He rains down blessings on the just and the unjust. Yeah. My uh, my wife and I we just paid off her school loan mm -hmm. for her master's degree, which we've been paying on since two thousand three. Right. And um, you know, I get thinking about that. The the reason we were able to do that is because we were blessed. Mm -hmm. You know, we've yeah. had good health, we've had good jobs, and uh, we were able to to get through that. Yeah. And other debts we had, you know, it's just, right. Yeah, and, and also being good stewards of things. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, and not and not, yeah, and not because you know when you look at, you know, I drive a how old is how old is my car? My cars now are are uh, fifteen, you know, sixteen. Well, your truck's what about thirty five well, yeah, years it's, old? It, it, it's an old man, but uh, <laughs> but you know those things. Uh, you know, of course, perhaps you could go to a finance agency and finance something newer, fancier, and shinier, but um, those things really don't matter. Yeah, and no, I think they don't. As we, as we get older, at least I understand with me, I see this. Those things are starting to fade in their uh, their power over me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, you know, when you're younger, you all, all, always think about all these fancy yeah. shiny things you're going to get but those things kind of fade in their importance in your life yeah. and i think they should in the life of a christian yeah absolutely it's, uh, uh, if if you have that much care for the stuff of this world there's not room to care about godly things or right. there's less room right absolutely absolutely he says therefore if you've been faithful in the unrighteous man who will commit to the trust to your trust the true riches Mm -hmm. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Yeah. And then he may, then he kind of wraps all of these thoughts up, all of these thoughts that Jesus has, and he's talking to the Pharisees, and all of these thoughts he wraps up in verse 13. He says, No servant can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that's basically the, the whole gist of this whole parable and all of those things he was trying to tell us. That mm -hmm. um, you can't put your love in two different places. Right. You know, it's... Right. I, I, I've used this example a thousand times, but, you know, how, how many times have you got... I've, I'd like to use the, a new car, but I've never owned a new car. But how many times have you got some new thing, and it's the greatest thing, and then where is that thing now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a drawer somewhere. Oh, yeah. I, when I was um, 20 years old or so, I've, I've never had a new car either. <laughs> but uh, I, had, I bought uh, a fairly new uh Ford Bronco at was that the, the OJ Simpson edition? Uh no. <laughs> it was uh it was a an Eddie Bauer edition that had all the hillbilly stuff on it. It had I put the chrome push bar on the front and did you have everything. the uh, lights with the yellow covers on them? I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was it was beautiful, perfect. The guy that I bought it off of like washed it every time you put it away. It was 
Beautiful. He worked for Ford. Yeah. And so I bought that thing and thought, well, I'll keep this forever. Well, you know where it is now? <laughs> it's it's a rust bucket. I sold it to a friend, and then, you know, it had rusted out, and uh, my friend drove it for several years and then junked it. Yeah. You know, it, it is, uh, all those things disappear. They do. It's, it's just, uh, you can't put your trust in those things. No, you can't. The scriptures tell us that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, you know, when you put diligence into something, you put some great care into it, it kind of encompasses your mind. Yes. Uh, and, and that leads to this statement here, you cannot serve God and mammon. If, you're, if your goal and your thrust of your life is stuff, then, yeah. sadly, you, you just can't, can't be, it cannot be expected of you, it should not be expected of a person that, that is obviously going in that direction that they would be serving the Lord. The other thing is is, is you can never get like true happiness right. from stuff. It just it, it's it can be ha you can be happy for a short period of time. Right. But it doesn't last. And that is played out in Hollywood and yes. in popular culture with people that have more than they could ever need. Yeah. Or want in their life. There are there are those, but yet they, their lives often end in despair and suicide uh, yes. with uh, alcohol and drug abuse, addictions, uh, almost without fail that happens. And the ones that escape it, you don't see them in popular culture. They kind of disappear. They yeah. get out of that and they focus on more meaningful things. I always like, uh, there, were, uh, there was a band I liked when, I, when we were younger called R.E.M., mm -hmm. And the drummer of that band apparently is a farmer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he just had enough. Yeah. And he decided he was going to be a farmer, and it's, and you don't hear about him anymore. There are a couple actors that have gone that way, too. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name right now, but the guy that played Batman, uh, he bought himself a ranch in, like, Montana, and he just, he's just there. Oh, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, you just, if you open your eyes, uh, these things that we read about in the scriptures, they, they are playing out in real life. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when the scriptures tell us that all of these riches and everything are going to be a plague <laughs> yeah. on you, basically, and that it's got, well, that is what's going to uh, consume you, yeah. and people say, well, I, no, I can do, I can do that. I can, I can yeah. seek after all these things and serve God. It's enough to love Him. Yeah. But... Uh, it's not. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I know, like they 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 preach this uh, prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. but if if that if you're preaching a prosperity gospel, you missed the entire point of the gospel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it. Right. John, I don't think we're going to get any further this episode. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess to take up another minute or so, that that prosperity gospel stuff. It is, it is shocking how how far that that reaches and and how um, uh, how awful that is and and it plays on people's emotions. People are in a place where perhaps they're not doing well, or perhaps something has happened in their life and finances are not not going well. And then they, it's really kind of angers me is that yeah. these people will preach to them. It's that if, if they love God more, that God will make them wealthy or bring them riches. 
And that is just not something that you can find yeah. in the scriptures. And then when that doesn't happen, whose fault is it? It's God's fault. It's God's fault. In their minds. And, and, yeah. that, and that, is, uh, that is just so damaging and it's so hurtful. Um, and that's one thing that as, as Christians, we should be fighting against those things and screaming from the housetops that no, yeah. no, no, this is not. Yeah. This is not the way that it is. This is a Christianity as a thing. It's a spiritual religion. And mm -hmm. it's about spiritual things. And and we are promised that we'll have the things that we need. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, you know, the birds of the air, you know, not, not worrying about the things that are going to happen yep. in their life. Yep. You know, and we too, you know, uh, we'll have what we need to survive. Yeah. And uh, it may not be uh, a 15 room, 15 bedroom mansion. Yeah. And steak dinners every night. Right. Right. I mean, and just look at Christ humbled himself, and look at uh, look look at how he spent his yeah. his time yeah. without a place to lay his head. Yeah. So, why should we expect that we would be any different? Absolutely. Well, so that's it for this. All episode. right. Well, thanks for joining in again. This has been uh, Two Beards in a Bible. Uh, if you would like to hear us again, maybe push that button that says subscribe or something. So mash it. Yeah, mash the button, and we'll see you next time.